Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 86. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I want to start off by thanking our sponsors, which the sponsor today is Leftover Salisbury Steak, Mashed Potatoes and Gravy, made by my wife last night. I want to uh, thank Leftovers for supporting me, giving me energy today. And also want to, just a side affiliate would be Tupperware, which held my leftovers. I want to thank them as well. Not an official partner, but thank you Tupperware for making uh, seal tight lids. I uh, hope that you guys are having a great week. I'm sure that you are because fall is in the air, hopefully wherever you're at, and it won't be too long before you're out. I know there's some guys that are uh, elk hunting. Uh, in fact, a year ago today, I was on a mountain chasing bugles. Uh, my buddy Trav found a giant moose shed. It was <laughs> one of the hardest things in my life, but one of the most rewarding. And um, I can't wait to get back there, but that's not happening this year. Instead, I'm getting ready for deer season. I'll talk a little bit about the plans in my interview with my guests today. But before that, I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I really, truly appreciate it. The number has gone up quite a bit recently, and I think that's from you guys sharing and letting folks know about it. Um, however you found the show, I just want to say thanks. And um, if you ever want to come on the show, just send me an email to sheddinglightod at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show. Love to hear your stories, and you're welcome anytime. If you haven't gone and left a rating and a review yet, I want to tell you I would greatly appreciate it if you would do that. That helps boost the show, makes it more viewable for people that haven't seen it yet, and can maybe take this show on to the next level. So if you just hit pause real quick and if you're in iTunes or wherever you're listening to it and it allows you to do a rating and review I would greatly appreciate a five star and just kind of what you think about the show and if it's not worth five stars let me know why send me an email I'd love to make it better I'm, I try not to repeat myself a thousand times and say awesome I try and say awesome less than a hundred times a show and I think I'm, I'm getting better at that so <laughs> that said uh, we're going to jump in with our guest our guest today is Justin Stuva from Illinois uh, we'll talk about how we met once we get into the interview, but he is an awesome guy. He has a great a bunch of great stories, including I think our first ever buck that wasn't a buck, and I'll let him explain uh, that whole story. But uh, without further ado, we're going to jump in. Here is Justin Stuva. All right, guys, I am happy to have Justin Stuva on the line from Illinois. Justin, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing good. Gearing up for another exciting year of hunting and. Excited as the days get closer to uh, another wonderful start to a year. Yeah, man, it is. I mean, I keep talking about it. I am getting excited. It is just around the corner. I, I think I'm, my season comes in about four days. Yours comes in October 1st, right? That's correct. Yep. All right. And so I'm coming in September 26th, and I can't wait, man. What are you doing to get ready for? What's these last few weeks looking like for you? Yeah, so, yeah, I've always joked over the years, you know, I, I – we of course all get excited for our birthdays, but I've always joked October 1st, it's like a national holiday for me. <laughs> I, uh, I usually try to, if I can, I try to take the day off of work. Um, you know, and it's funny, you've had, we've had days where I'm in my bib overalls because it's 40 degrees on opening morning. And I've had days that I'm sitting in a t-shirt and mm -hmm. it's 85 degrees and you're sweating to death. And, uh, Usually I, I, I've, I've shot a couple deer on opening morning. I have no expectation. It's kind of that just inaugural get out there, get in a stand and, and let the season begin. So that's, that's always what I'm most excited about. Just, you know, hopping on the saddle and, and see what the year brings. But no, it's been, uh, and it's been an exciting year. We, uh, I, I have 
fortunate that my family and I, we have access to a, a new piece of ground that we purchased and really have just been trying to, you know, get habitats up to, up to speed, get deer stands put up. And uh, we tried our hand at two food plots for the first time ever. I've uh, never had the experience of doing that. And uh, a lot of work. I definitely have a tractor purchase in my future, uh, doing it with a hand tiller. <laughs> Just about kills you. My dad and I, uh, we were definitely worn out after a day of putting in two food plots. But um, I mean, I'm just hoping that, you know, a lot of the work and, and effort that you put in in the early season or before the season is going to pay off once uh, once you're sitting there. But got trail cams up, got all those up in, in the beginning of July. And, you know, just like every hunter, once you start seeing those first, you know, nice bucks or, you know, what I consider to be a shooter buck on camera that just starts to get your juices flowing a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, kind of got all of our ducks in a row. Biggest thing is just, you know, practicing with the bow and, and getting comfortable with it, you know, because probably like all of us, we all could shoot more, uh, but yeah. life is busy and and we don't get around to it. But yeah, just uh, ready for October 1st to come and get back up in a tree. Uh, that's cool. I, I like hearing pe people's game plan getting into it. Some guys are uh, pretty hands off. They just have a spot that they go to and they jump in and sometimes they have success and sometimes they don't. Other guys are uh, food plots, guys doing a ton of scouting. You have a lot of different strategies and I, I like to kind of hear what guys are doing. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to hear how your food plot stuff turns out too. I've never done one myself. I've never owned enough land to do it. Uh, so, yep. but I know that there's definitely some value to that. Well, that's cool, man. Um, you're also a part of bowhunting.com. That's where uh, I guess we can maybe go back to how you and I met and you're a part of mm -hmm. team 20. So let's, let's hear a little bit about team 20. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, you know, we started the thread and I've been doing, uh, doing those hunting contests. It's just a, it's a good way to meet some people across the country that share in a passion for the outdoors like I do. And, uh, I think I've been doing the contest since 2011 oh, and wow. it's, it's really neat when you start to get some of the same guys that have been on your teams three or four years and real easy premise. If you, you you're able to enter two deer into a contest, if you shoot a doe, you get 50 points. Uh, if you shoot a buck, it's whatever the gross total of uh, uh, for the antlers are, you get that towards your, your team score and man, just a fun way to keep track of some other guys, especially as they're, you know, in pursuit of certain deer or, you know, Hey, I just shot one. And what do you think? I shot it here. How long do you think I should wait? And man, it's fun being part of some of those conversations and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just getting to go on a journey with others. So you and I uh, got partnered up this year on the same team and uh, pretty funny as we started to, a lot of us are actually the majority of us are in our, in our thirties. Yeah. A lot of us have little kids and uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully a lot of us find some time to get out. I, you know, I definitely don't hunt as much now being a 35 year old as I did when I was 20 and yeah. didn't have any responsibility. And I hunted just about every day and I can't do that anymore. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see a whole bunch of guys that are in a similar place in our lives, see what we can yeah. put together this year. Yeah, it's fun. I, I love that. I love, and, and it's really, it's, it's not about the contest. I mean, obviously it'd be cool to win, but it's it's really about just the meeting people and we call ourselves the turdy pointers so um i don't know who came up with that stupid name i, I think it was me um but <laughs> but it's it is a lot of fun and i appreciate you giving us some time today so justin let's dive into your background a little bit uh tell us a little bit about you know uh, we know where you're from tell us what you do and, and then kind of give us a little bit of your history of how you got started into hunting yeah absolutely so Born and raised in central Illinois. I've uh, lived in three different towns 
on two different interstates all within three hours of each other. So I don't know anything different other than central Illinois and uh, that's okay. It's a part of who I am. Uh, born and raised around hunting. So just from the time I was a little guy, uh, my dad was a huge influence in terms of just, you know, going out fishing and, you know, and using the bobber and trying to catch bluegill and, you know, starting out just on those easy things that get, get kids involved. And, uh, you know, over the years, as my dad, especially as, you know, dad would go out hunting. My dad actually tried bow hunting um, in the 90s uh, when I was a little kid. And, I absolutely loved, just had a love, fell in love with going out with him. And I can't begin to tell you, just like any kid that goes out, I ruined so many darn hunts for my dad. You know, <laughs> dad, there's a deer coming. You know, yes, I know, son, I saw it. And then they hear me and they ran off. And, and but, you know, I, one thing I, I, I try to take, take to heart, even with my son, I have my son Trapper is five, is five years old and hoping to get him start to be involved. And my dad always, he never said anything bad. I, I ruined a lot of hunts for him, um, you know, talking, moving when I shouldn't have moved. Um, but all of it, he always had a smile on his face and it was just part of our love for the outdoors. So, mm. you know, I got to see him uh, get a couple deer and man, that just, that just really made my day. I, I just thought that was the neatest thing ever. And then being able to take him and, and process him and eat him at our house, I just thought that was the coolest. So, you know, I was, I was around it just from, you know, very young. I, I, I shot my first deer with a shotgun when I was 11 and my dad and I were sitting in a tree together and I shot it and it actually fell over. My dad said, I can't believe it. You actually hit it. And I said, well, I, I can't either. And, and I think we were both, we were just shocked that I, I had shot a doe and it fell right, right where it stood. And, oh, and man, awesome. that was, that was one of the biggest, best trophies I've ever had in my life. But, you know, those, those memories and getting into, into hunting is what I'm able, I have, I have three kids and hopefully I can instill the love of the outdoors that I have into them, you know, as they grow up and into young, young people that hopefully want to go out with dad and enjoy the outdoors. Mm -hmm. I love your son's name, by the way. That's a really cool name. Yeah. My, uh, my wife, I'll give her credit. She, uh, I have a beautiful wife, Carrie, uh, I've been married to for seven years and she came up with all three of our kids name. I have Trapper, Bo, a little girl and Banks, like a river bank. So Trapper, Bo and Banks, they're my three little outdoorsy kids. I, it'll be awfully ironic if they don't have a love for the outdoors. Cause all of them were named after the outdoors, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, it's been great. My son loves going out and, 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 uh, being with dad, whether we're going out squirrel hunting, you name it. So glad to see the next generation is interested in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I know with you being a part of bowhunting.com at some point you got into to bow hunting. So tell us a little bit about that transition and maybe some of those stories, yeah. you know, from those, those early days. Absolutely. So, uh, like I mentioned, I was 11 when I shot my first deer with a, with a shotgun and I went through an incredible spree, which worked out really well since I was busy in school and sports growing up. But I would get super excited for opening day of shotgun and we would go out and I probably had three, four, five years in a row that I shot a deer opening morning, very first light, a half hour, I was done. And I, I thought, well, that's really Whoa. cool that I was so fortunate to be able to take a deer. But then I thought, man, all that buildup all year, all I want to do is be in the outdoors. And an hour later, I'm done for another year. And I kept thinking, 
man, I really just want to, I want to be out more. I mean, that, you know, of course, didn't include trying to go out and pursue rabbits and squirrels and other small game, but I wanted to deer hunt more. Um, so I had seen dad, you know, as we, as we grew up, my dad had a compound bow and would go out hunting. And I thought, you know what, I need to do that. I, I shot a bow when I was a little kid. Um, then of course, as we get busy in sports, I got away from it and, uh, had a best friend of mine, uh, Dale, and he uh, he actually had a, a hand-me-down bow. He had purchased a new one, and I said, "Would you mind if I uh, if I give it a shot?" And he goes, "Absolutely, I'd I'd love it." So I was, I believe, 17. I started bow hunting, and uh, I, uh, I I I love this story. I I, I practiced really hard. Uh, we had some hay bales in our backyard, and and practice got got good at shooting. I I was pretty effective at a, at about 20 yards. That was my max. Um, and I always joke though, that old bow, you could see it like a, like a, uh, like a rainbow shot. It, you kind of lobbed the arrows in, uh, because it <laughs> yep. just was, it was an old hand-me-down bow, but by golly, it got the job done. And, and, uh, I love it. My very first time I ever went out bow hunting, I, I put up a deer stand myself. Um, and I thought I was in a good spot. I was over a Creek and I'm sitting there and first light, I, I see a, I see a brown animal walking and, and it's a coyote and it uh, comes up on the opposite side of the, uh, the creek as myself and hops on a log that had fallen over the creek and it walked right towards me and I drew back, shot it and killed a coyote. My opening, wow. first time I ever bow hunted. And I thought, man, and, and, and I just told you, you know, I had really good luck when I had shotgun hunted and I thought, bow hunting is easy. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is good. I mean, I got, got a coyote my very first time I ever went hunting and it took me three years to shoot one with my bow, uh, to shoot a deer with my bow after that moment. Oh, and, man. uh, and, uh, I, man, I learned a lot and yeah. it's, it's funny, you know, being from, you know, 17 years old, finally, when I was 20, I managed to shoot my first deer with a bow and, and, uh, you know, you look back and, and it, it, you're, I was frustrated and thought, man, why am I not getting a deer? And, and man, I, I learned a lot of lessons because unlike, when you're hunting with a gun, you pull the gun up, you shoot the animal, and you move on. It's it's yes, it still takes a a, de a degree of difficulty, but it's nothing like bow hunting. And yeah. uh, you know, for me, it was one of those. You know, you sit there, and I I just had a lot of funny little little moments. I I, I had a deer, uh, a doe coming underneath me one time, and I had my bow in my hand and. I've always done a pretty good job of staying calm until after I shoot. And then all that emotion just comes to the surface. And mm -hmm. I usually am a shaken mess that needs to sit back down so I don't fall out of the tree. And uh, I remember one of the very first times I had a chance to shoot, I clank my bow on the deer stand. It looked at me and ran off. And I thought, well, that's a good life lesson. I need to make sure I know where my bow and all my equipment is and be aware. It's not like having a gun. You know, you have a bigger piece of equipment up in the tree with you. And I, uh, I learned an easy lesson on, uh, I had a, a, a sight on my bow that had the, the, the tubing that connected to your bow so you could make sure your sight was always in line right. with where yeah. you were aiming. And, and uh, good life lesson, I replace, I actually have that tubing on my, my current bow. I replace it every single year uh, because when I was up in a tree, I had an opportunity to take my first buck with a bow and I drew back and that tubing snapped snapped me in the face and I managed to shoot an arrow into the sky and uh, <laughs> oh, no. the, the deer looked up at me ran off and I thought well there's a good life lesson why do I have rotting tubing you know it starts to dry out and 
man, that, that stuff needs to be replaced. And so, you know, I need to take care of my equipment better. And, and I passed on little deer and, you know, cause I was in hopes of that big buck. And it really put in perspective, my, my buddy said, you know what, I, you know, if you just get one under your belt, you'll, you'll be way more comfortable. And mm, uh, that's good advice. Yeah. So it just, you know, and, and that really stuck with me. And, and so my very first deer was one of the smallest yearlings I have ever shot in my entire life. And by golly, if you said, what's one of the main trophies that you have, it's that first year, mm. all those, all that hard work and all those hours in a tree stand and learning all those life lessons and, and having patience. And if you don't see a deer in the first hour, stay for a second hour, don't get out of the tree. You know, those are, those are all those things. I just, you know, I kind of thought things would just happen quick and, uh, it doesn't, you got to put in the time and effort and, uh, shooting that first year and oh my goodness, I just, I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe I finally had made it happen. And I think I started, I think my parents and my best friend actually wondered if I was ever going to shoot one with a bow and uh, <laughs> to actually get it done. And man, I just, I had the, I had the biggest smile on my face that when I was 20 years old and got my first one and man, never looked back after that. That's gotta be so rewarding. I think, you know, in that those three years probably made you what you are today as a hunter, knowing what it's like to go through those years and hey this is not actually easy i mean there are some guys that are incredibly lucky yep. <laughs> and yes. maybe they just are blessed to have great properties and things can work out like that but you're right you put a bow in your hand it's going to test your your knowledge and it's going to test um you know your fortitude and what you want to do so that's that's really cool you know you get your first deer like that yep. and i i can't not agree with you more my buddy trav he was just on the podcast last week you know we've we've talked a lot about this idea of just hunting your own hunt, knowing, you know, the fact that you mm -hmm. shot that deer and it made you happy and it's still in your mind, one of your biggest trophies. I, I just wish that we saw more of that. I think we need to encourage more of that, you know, encourage guys, Hey, you know, uh, I'm all for deer management and those kind of things. But at the same time, there's another side of this, which is really going out and, and having fun while you're hunting and learning how to take those next right. steps. Man, I absolutely agree. So one thing I always say to people, I, I really don't like when people use the word just. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it should be forbidden, especially when it comes to hunting. You'll get someone, you know, well, you know, I just shot a four-pointer. I just shot a doe. I shot a hundred-inch buck. Man, that's a trophy. If, if you were willing to pull the trigger, release an arrow, and take that animal. I mean, I, I know me personally, if I, I can shoot a doe to this day and put her in the freezer, or I can shoot a big buck. Um, man, I am pumped when I get done and I've, I know I've put a successful shot on an animal. I didn't just shoot a Joe doe. I shot a doe. That's going to be, I'm going to process, I'm going to put it in my freezer and it's going to help feed my family. It, the word just shouldn't even be part of our, our vocabulary. I cannot agree and, more. Uh, yeah. So absolutely. no, I, and I'm, and I got, I mean, I got some deer, you know, and, and it, it, it's different for all of us. You know, I've, uh, my expectations or my desire to shoot a big buck, it's, it's transitioned over the years. I, uh, it used to be a numbers game for me, especially once I got those, those first couple deer under my belt. You know, it took so long to get number one. Number one was so important that then, you know, the next year I shot two and I'm thinking, can I shoot three in a year? And so, you know, it's funny as you, and it's just maturity and as you age and what your priorities are when it comes to hunting. You know, it used to be, a, you know, I shot six deer that's great. I love those years. I shot six deer. Now I shoot one or two and I'm just as happy. Um, yeah. and a lot of that's being selective and, and I, and I started filming hunts and I want to see, you know, I typically would have shot that first 
one and a half year old basket rack that came by, but wouldn't you know it, I passed on him. And at the end of the night, I shot a three and a half year old, 150 inch, you know, 10 pointer. And so it's just, I love, you know, as, as things have progressed in my life on just uh, having a, maybe a different appreciation for the outdoors or it's a, my appreciation has evolved. Yeah. Uh, but man, at the end of the day, if you're happy to take an animal, then I want you to be happy. So be, be proud of what you, what you took. You don't, don't worry about what the, uh, the professionals say or that you need to pass on 150 inch to shoot 170 inch. You might not have a chance to shoot 150 inch very often. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take that deer every day and I'll be, I'll be super proud of it. Yeah. Hunt, hunt your hunt, whatever it is that makes you happy. If it's legal and makes sense, Amen. enjoy it. <laughs> Amen. So, well, could you agree more? Yeah, well, let's let's dive into a couple of your stories there. I mean, I uh, was scrolling through Facebook and I saw that you've had some success last year and maybe some previous years. So, uh, any of those stories of a hunt that just is maybe it's not a trophy, but whatever stands out to you, any of those hunt kind of rise to the top. Can you get it? We're all excited for deer season, so give us give us a good deer hunting story. So I had, I believe it was 2017, and it was opening weekend it was the first weekend that I could get out in a tree uh, we typically my dad my buddy and I uh, we call it deer camp and usually we like to kick off the first weekend in October we camp out we sit around the campfire we tell stories and of course we get out in a deer stand and put our first hunts of the year in and uh, 2017 it's a beautiful crisp morning and uh, uh, or it's a beautiful crisp weekend, excuse me, and started out our hunt Saturday morning, uh, real slow, didn't see a whole lot. Uh, just one of those, you know, you get those days that you're like, man, it just feels good. It's nice and crisp. There's not much wind. And, uh, but we made it through the morning. We ended up, we didn't see a whole lot. Of course, we, uh, we're typically, we're not the, uh, the all day sitters. Most of the time we, mm -hmm. uh, we like to get out, replenish cooks you know cook something over the campfire and then we like to go out in the afternoon that's kind of how we how we're wired especially when you get the longer hours in the beginning of the season if you try to sit all day that's a lot of hours to put in a tree i'm and, the same uh, i'm the same way i guys i think some guys like to sit all day just to say that they've sat all day i <laughs> i like getting lunch man i like my lunch so. that's exactly right <laughs> i i want to eat lunch i i'm not I, i'll be the first to admit have i taken a nap absolutely and i look yeah. forward to those times and then then you regroup and so you know we went out and so i had my first set that morning went out that evening and uh, got in the tree and actually 2017 was the uh, first year that I, I told my told my family I go I think I'm gonna try filming hunts I uh, I was looking for that next thing that I can do in the tree how else can I challenge myself I I you know over the years I've considered myself to really learn and, and be a good bow hunter but I was wanting to you know I love taking pictures and I, I, I do take pride I've taken a picture of me with every single one of my deer that I've ever killed in my life and just because man, I'm fortunate that, that, you know, that God's put me in a place that I've been able to go hunting and I've been able to have successful hunts. And I want to remember those memories, but I thought, you know, he, we all know it, you start shooting enough deer and stuff starts to blur and stuff starts to go together. And mm -hmm. it's not hard when you've only shot two deer with your bow, but when you've shot 30, 40 deer with your bow, suddenly the, the memories start to fade together a little bit. So I, uh, I wanted to start filming my hunts and I wanted to start, if nothing else for myself, for my family and my kids that I could just remember those moments. And 
that excitement. And you know this, you know, from, from being in that realm of film and hunts, you, you can't replicate the excitement that you have right then and there when you've, when you've had a successful hunt. Yeah. Uh, you're just, you're excited. And I, I love capturing that when I watch videos on YouTube and, and I'm, and I'm seeing different videos. I love seeing people's reactions because they're genuine excitement that just, you can't replicate it. Exactly. And for people that don't hunt, it's hard to explain, you know, it's, it's Christmas morning level of excitement right after you shoot something. And it's hard to replicate that outside of a successful hunt. So I, you know, I had those things in mind and I thought, man, I want to, I want to film. So it was my first time filming a hunt and I'm sitting there and, and, uh, you know, I got out about three hours before dark and I'd probably been sitting there an hour. And I thought, man, I heard something behind me and about 70 yards away. I thought that looks like a really nice three and a half year old eight pointer just looks like a really nice buck. And I tried doing a couple little grunts and, and I'm, I'm one of those hunters. I just, I've never had tremendous success, uh, calling, I feel like more times than not, I probably sound like, what is that thing making a noise over there? And if anything, I want to go the opposite direction because I don't know what that guy's saying up in a tree. Uh, I, I, that's what, in my head, that's what I feel like every time I blow on a, a grunt <laughs> tube. But I, uh, I blew on it. It wasn't interested in me. And, and it went, it went uh, walking off away from me. And, you know, and for me, I, I got, it, got it on film. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Got, got, to, see a, I got to see a nice mature buck. And and so we're sitting there and it's probably about a half hour before dark. And I, I heard behind me and I thought, man, I, I hear a noise again. And so I uh, turn around and in the creek stands the same buck. And I thought, well, holy smokes, I might actually get a chance to, to get a crack at this on my second sit of the year. I'd, I'd never shot a, a nice buck that quick in the year. And so I, I filmed it for, you know, it seems like forever. I think it was about 10 minutes of film footage and, uh, Sure enough, that deer worked its way from 70 yards away from me to the base of my tree stand. It just, I, I love those moments where it's like on a leash, it walked right to my tree. It turned perfectly broadside uh, feeding on leaves. And I was, I managed to shoot a deer. Uh, I missed the impact shot that, you know, being my first time ever filming, I, I missed it, but I, I did get to see my lighted knock travel down. And, and uh, you know, those moments where you just have a, you hear that pop you you just know that you've you've made a a good shot and it ended up running off 30 yards and it fell over and man I just was ecstatic and you know kind of overcome with emotion and so I, I decided I'm, I was in horrible cell phone service and, and my dad and my buddy were out hunting with me and so I wasn't able to even text them and I get back to the the truck we all walk back to the same location and oh didn't see anything and I didn't see anything either and I go well you guys want to go get my buck that I shot and they just couldn't believe it, but we had no cell phone service. And, and I mean, I love it. That's what's one of the best parts oh, about hunting awesome. is just sharing in those memories with your friends. And, and, uh, if, if, if you and I are hunting together and you shoot a big buck, I don't even care if you're on my property and you shoot a big buck, if I can live in that moment and it makes you happy and you're like, man, I, I'm going to put this buck on my wall. I'm pumped for you. I don't got to be the one that shoots it to enjoy the, enjoy the times. And I'm sure you're the same way. Absolutely. Um, I, and so, yeah, yeah, let's go get it. And so we, uh, we all walk out and I, and I had seen it go down, but we, we followed the blood trail and got up and man, just high five and super excited. And, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to put this one on my wall. I'm going to get a shoulder mount. And it had been one of the first nice deer I'd shot in a couple of years. And, and so we, 
we, we, try, we try to have a practice that we don't gut our deer next to our deer stands. It's just kind of one of our, uh, we try to get our deer pulled out and then we'll go uh, usually dress them at a location away from our stands. Just because if we want to hunt them again, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it there where you're from, but that's just kind of our common yeah. practice not to yeah. try to stink up an area and, and get stuff pulled out. So we, uh, we drag this, this buck out and we, uh, we get it to where we're going to, we're going to cut it. And, and, uh, I just am wiped out. We've, we dragged, we've drugged this nice deer a considerable distance. And, and I said, you know what, I, I just need a moment. I got to sit down. I'm worn out. And so my best friend said, you know what, I, uh, I'll go ahead and process it for you. Let me start. I, I can take care of it for you. <clears throat> and I said, that, that would be great. And so this is where the, the story takes a, a little turn, uh, turn for the, the unique. He, uh, he goes, Hey, Justin, I think you need to come over here and take a look at this buck. And I go, Oh, what do you mean? He goes, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a boy. And, and I, it's, it's late, it's dark. And we're on the side of a gravel road. And I go, will you quit playing with me? He goes, no, it, uh, it, it doesn't have anything that a, uh, a, a buck normally has. I think you shot a doe. And I'm, of course, you know, you, we, we're all good at ribbing one another. And I go, you can't be serious. So we go over there and wouldn't you know it, it was a doe that had a really, really nice set. It was ended up being about 140 inch, eight point wow. doe. And uh, just couldn't believe it. Man, you go from excited to ecstatic. Oh, you and, shot a, I mean, you shot a unicorn. That's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And holy smokes, we had, we were texting and calling all of our hunting buddies and uh needless to say we did not hunt that was a sad i think it was a saturday evening we did not make it into the deer stand set, uh sunday morning because we sat around the campfire and we had buddies coming over until almost midnight taking a look at this uh antler doe and uh man just one of the definitely the most unique deer that i've ever had a chance to take uh did some research it looks like about one and one in ten thousand deer can be an antler doe from the rough uh, Google searches that I did. And so probably will never see another one like it in my life, but boy, it's on my wall. It's not the biggest deer I've ever shot, but definitely the most unique and one of the most proud, proud moments uh, that I've ever had in a deer stand. Man, that is an incredible story. That's, that's the biggest doe you've probably ever shot. I would, <laughs> right? Definitely. Uh, I, uh, I got to tell you, man, I, I actually tried to, I tried to see with the DNR because of course we can shoot two antler deer and we can shoot um as many does as we want to buy tags for in, El in illinois and i i have to tell you i did try to see if the dnr would let me tag it as a doe and uh their first question was well when you shot it did you think it was a doe and anyone that would have said yes would have been a liar so yeah. i had to say no and but i was proud <laughs> i was proud to use one of my antler tags on on that deer so it, yeah. it hangs in my man cave uh and i'm proud of it that's interesting. I wonder, I bet you there's some states where that, that does get a little bit fuzzy because it's an, like I have to buy an either sex tag, right? So, yep. uh, hmm, that's interesting. Man, that's really cool. That's a really cool story. I, that yeah. is such a unique situation too. And I bet you, I mean, probably more proud of that than maybe even some of the other bucks that are on your wall just because of such a rare thing that that is. Oh, I mean, even if you would look at it and go, if, it, if you thought it was just a normal buck, you'd thought, man, that's a really nice rack. But then you go, well, it was a doe. Holy smokes. It's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a conversation piece. So yeah, it bet. was, uh, it was cool. Really uh, cool. Oh, that's cool. 
Well, yeah. tell us, uh, I want, before we forget, uh, you have a YouTube channel and I want guys to check it out. I've watched, I did not watch that video. Well, I, uh, I've watched part of that video, but I, I watched your 2019 yeah. buck, but tell us a little bit about your yeah. YouTube channel. Cause I want guys to check it out. And so they can watch that and some of these other films that you have. Yeah. So my uh, channel, it's guaranteed country and uh, man, maybe the hardest decision on coming up with the YouTube channels coming up with the name. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you probably know that well, you're like, what encompasses everything that I want to do or that I, I'm trying to portray. But, you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, I, I do it just for the love of being in the outdoors. Um, it's, it's, I enjoy what I do, anything from, you know, hunting and uh, bow hunting primarily, but, you know, foraging for mushrooms and just kind of just anything that I can do outside, I want to do it. And uh, hoping to really, uh, kickstart some of my my videos this fall i've recently got into trapping and i follow some uh, trappers out there in the youtube uh, world and just i learned a lot that's how i that's how i got into that that realm of the outdoors but i'm hoping that i can put out some uh, just intro level you know th- this is how i got into trapping and this is how you do it and here's some of my successful bow hunts and uh, fingers crossed i'll be fortunate enough to add some videos this fall and and be in yeah. the right place at the right time Oh, that's really cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about the yeah. trapping. I'm curious. Uh, um, never done much of that. I've been around it a little bit, but how, what, I guess, how did, how did you get into trapping? First off, what got you into that and uh, any stories yeah. about that so far that kind of stand out to you? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, all of us, we check our trail cams. We're always, uh, you know, flipping through, seeing what's on our cameras and I had a, I had just had a couple properties that it seemed like about every other picture was some sort of predator. It was a coyote. It was a, a possum, a raccoon. Just, it seemed like my numbers were out of balance. I was starting to see way less of my small game, uh, not seeing the typical pheasants and things of that nature that I was seeing. And, and I just have a love for the outdoors and just, you know, I want, I want to see stuff prosper. I want to see, you know, wildlife be successful, but I was seeing a lot of predators. And so I actually don't know a single trapper. So other than my son, whose name is Trapper, um, I, uh, I don't know a single person that traps. Was that any inspiration in getting into it? You have a son named Trapper. So did did you feel like I really need to get into trapping? (laughs) Was that part of it? Well, the irony is that I really was pushing for Hunter when we, when we knew that we were <laughs> going to have a son, I told my wife, I go, I want to name our son Hunter. And she goes, that is too cliche. You are a avid Hunter. And so I'm like, okay, fair enough. And so she came up with Trapper and I'm like, man, Trapper is awesome. What a cool name, but wouldn't now it's come full circle. Daddy is a Trapper. So I got, got my son Trapper and actually get to help. And he helps me trap. And so now it's cliche because now now I get to uh, put that on my on my uh, my bio as well that I don't mind trapping. But oh, cool. yeah, just man got into it and started buying some traps and uh, primarily was targeting raccoons this first year just to try to get them in balance and uh, managed to take off one property over twenty raccoons and wow, wouldn't you know it? This year uh, suddenly I'm seeing more deer and I'm hearing pheasants and. Uh, you know, they're, they're prolific egg eaters. And so to be able to give some of the little guys a better shot at making it and being able to hear some coveys of quail, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. It's just, uh, 
and and for me it's another way to get in the outdoors and and uh, I will tell you my most unique catch I had last year is I did manage to uh, uh, had a tango with a skunk. Oh and boy! <laughs> I I had never never tangoed with a skunk before, and it it got into one of my uh, setups, and and my son happened to be with me, and, and I go, you know what that is? And he, is that a skunk? He he'd never been close to a skunk either, and and I I told him I go I said I think Dad wants to try to keep this. I'm going to try to keep this skunk because I don't ever really want to interact with a skunk again. So I actually skinned out a skunk, and uh, my wife was not real thrilled when I managed to puncture the sack filled with the fluid oh, i managed no. to get that all over my hands so for the better part of january of this year uh i wasn't i didn't have many fans in my house because i smelled <laughs> like a skunk uh for about a month but i did manage to get it skinned out and uh had to google how to try to remove some of the stink and i sent it off to a tannery and i ended up getting a raccoon and a skunk i got one of each tanned and oh, wow. uh kind of were my trophies to mark my first year of uh, trapping. So looking forward to a, a second year this fall after we get done with deer season. That's really cool. Uh, my youth minister growing up, he was a one of the biggest trappers I ever knew. In fact, a lot of guys take off a week or two for deer season. He'd take off like a two-week period just to go trapping. And that was his wow. passion and, and something that he, he really enjoyed. Um, I had one other awesome. encounter with a trapper. Um, there was a, I'll tell you this story real quick, just cause it's funny. <laughs> there was a girl that I was trying to date in high school and her dad was a trapper and I was trying to date her and he, he wanted to talk to me before we became, you know, official or anything like that. So he had me over one night and I started walking toward the house and he yelled, Hey, I'm in here. And so I went into his little shed and his shed was a place where he did his tanning and he did all this type of stuff. And so while he's talking to me about dating his daughter and what that would look like, he's, he's skinning a beaver in front of me. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so, big knife. And so uh, that's, that's my experiencing experience with the trappers. So <laughs> love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's a uh, man. It's a, it's a different world but it's the same world all at the same time. So, you know, that's the part I love about it for me. Probably the neatest thing for me is I, so I started uh, and I ran for, I believe 38 days straight. And so of course, by law, you have to check your traps once a day. And I thought never in my life. And I've been, I'm an avid outdoorsman. Can I say that I've been in a piece of woods or been in the outdoors 38 days in a row, but by trapping, you have to, you have to go out. And so one day I went out and checked traps. The next day a tree had fallen over. And I thought, I, you know, my, my thoughts to myself were normally you'd come out in the spring to maybe check cameras or do to start the process over for deer. And you'd go, oh, a tree fell down. Well, I could tell you on January 19th, that tree fell down because on January 18th, that tree was still standing. And, you know, just those, those little things for me, just that love for the outdoors that I never would have known that, but, you know, being outside for over 30 days in a row was, was quite the opportunity. Mm. Well, that's really cool. I, I have to ask you one question because I'm curious. Um, how do you take care of a, a skunk in a trap? I know that that might be a tough question to answer because sometimes trapping, there's things that you got to do, but how do you, how do you take care of a skunk in a trap without it spraying? Well, so I did some Googling actually before I, uh, dispatch the uh, skunk and uh, a lot of the uh, information you find on the internet is you actually uh, you actually don't want to take care of anything with the head 
you actually want to kind of like a deer right behind the shoulders into the lungs. Okay. Typically use a, tw a 22 and you actually dispatch them uh, in a traditional sense behind the leg and you actually uh, through the lungs and that actually prevents them from spraying. Wow. And, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Actually worked out well. I mean, of course, skunks in general just have a smell. Uh, there's no way around it, but it didn't spray. And so I started out on pretty good ground, uh, a slip of the knife and things. Uh, took a <laughs> everything fell worse. apart. So, <laughs> everything fell apart in a moment of, in just a matter of seconds. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Justin, that's, uh, that's really cool. I think that I, n I never thought about trappers, how much time you'd have to spend in the woods checking their traps. And I'm sure that, that, that in some ways probably made you a better deer hunter, giving you an opportunity to be in the woods and, um, yeah. you know, see the trails and those type of things. So that's really cool. No, I loved it. Especially, you know, you start to get some snow on the ground and usually here in Illinois, we're done hunting by the time it gets really brutal. You know, I'm, I usually try to be wrapped up, you know, by the end of November, my season's winding down and, and to get out in the woods and you're seeing where deer are traveling and where they're hitting some late, late winter uh, food spots. And yeah, it, it gave, gave some ideas on, you know what, I really should probably put a, or a deer stand here and hunt over this in the future. And yeah, it, it was really good. Gave you some extra scouting opportunities. Oh, very cool. Well, we've got time. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you've got a little time. Would, we, would you have one more story up your sleeve just to kind of wrap us up with? I, I'm kind of curious maybe about your, your buck from last year. I watched the video. I thought that might be a good one. Or if you have another story that you'd, you'd want to tell. Yeah, I've, uh, no, I've been blessed. I, uh, I got, I got my, I'll tell you my story from last year. And then I got one more little quick one, just a kind of, kind of a funny little ender, but yeah, I've been, man, I've been super blessed that I've been able to encounter uh, some really nice bucks over the last couple of years. And um, a lot of it has boiled down. I actually have, I've put three deer, uh, I've been able to mount three deer on my walls uh, over the last two years. And all three of those bucks have come out of the same tree. So, you know, it's just sometimes you find what you just think is your, just your honey hole of honey holes. And I think I have found one. So it's just a, it's a perfect pinch point. Uh, it's between a bedding area and a uh, crop, uh, a, a soybean and, and cornfield. And it's just a perfect funnel where the deer feel safe. It's nice and tall grass. Um, it's a safe location. And then you get a lot of does that bed in there. And I've had some really tremendous success on bucks uh, looking around for does. They're rutting. They rut through those bedding areas looking for, looking for deer. And I've just been really fortunate to have some deer, some really up and close uh, encounters. And last year happened to be no different. Uh, sitting there, it was uh, starting to get, uh, getting to be some good rut activity. And been one of those days where you see deer running all over the place. You see little bucks looking around and, and uh, just was a perfect, perfect evening. Um, I actually had my dad and one of my other best friends out with me. And, and I always, you probably can tell I bring them up because that's, that's what matters to me, man. I love making these memories yeah. with loved ones. Um, that's, that's, that's where it's at. But, you know, we're sitting there and actually I had, I had to joke, I could see my dad's deer stand and, and he hunts with a crossbow and I could see, I could see several does feeding literally under his tree. And, so they feed off and I shoot them a text message and go, hey, uh, I'm a little surprised you didn't shoot one of those. And he didn't respond. And I thought, I wonder if he's sleeping. And wouldn't you know it, about 20 minutes later, he texts and goes, well, I didn't see any deer. And 
he was taking a little snooze. He was <laughs> locked up in his tree. He was he was safe and secure, but he was taking a nap. So it's just funny. You never know what you're going to encounter when you're when you're hunting with people, especially my dad keeps things interesting all the time. But it was right before dark, and it was such a perfect evening. It was calm. I love that last half hour, 45 minutes, where the wind starts to die down. And, and we always call it killing hour. It just feels like if something's going to happen, it's going to happen right now. And uh, it was uh, maybe about 10 minutes before dark, and I had seen a buck rutting around it was too far probably 80 yards away and nose down swollen neck and you thought I thought man that's pretty cool and for me just the opportunity to see a buck like that I don't need to shoot it to have a successful hunt um, just being able to see it and witness some of those things that's what makes those those hunts special mm -hmm. and uh, so sitting there and man I was starting to take down my equipment it was it was dark I had taken down GoPros putting stuff away and I look over and I thought, oh my goodness, there are antlers walking through this bedding area. And he was hot on, I think he was probably hot on a trail. And he was zigzagging around trying to find a doe. And uh, that deer, it was, it was so dark, you could barely see it on the camera. But he came out less than five yards away and a, a simple meh and stopped and the rest is history. And man, love it. You could, I could hear him crash and uh, anytime you can shoot a deer and you can pull a side by side right up to it, that's a successful hunt. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. anytime you don't sweet. have to, anytime you don't have to break your back, that's a that's a good day. Absolutely. And uh, so, man, just was fortunate. That was the third deer in two years I'd taken out of the same setup. And uh, yeah, just um, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what the what the future holds this year. And maybe I'll get fortunate to be put on put onto another good buck if I play my cards right. It feels good whenever you start to kind of have that success and you can have, I mean, we, I think you and I, we both would know that it's not always going to be like that. There's things that can mess things up, but just going in with some sort of confidence for so many years, I've, I've gone into seasons hoping that maybe I might get a chance. And now I, I'm going in this year feeling like, you know, I feel like I know some things that I can do or places that I can go to give myself a better Absolutely. chance. Let's just put it that way. I'm not guaranteed. I'm not going to yep. call a shot and say I'm shooting a buck this size or anything like that. But I feel like this year yep. I've, I've got a, a good chance and that's just because of some of those experiences. So that's really cool that you've had some years like that. Absolutely. No, I think that and stand placement and just all those in strategy and know your surroundings and know where the deer like to like to like to travel all those little things man they all they all just come into play and it does make you a more successful hunter i mean i always am the first one to say it takes a good dose of luck to have a good hunt but it also does take the skill and the the know the know with all to be in the right place at the right time mm, absolutely so mm. yeah if you uh you got real quick for a two-minute story absolutely man yeah Okay, so one of my good life lessons, uh, going full circle back to when I was trying to pursue my first year with a bow, and uh, I was sitting out, another good weekend, it was November, and and I still had not, not managed to take a deer with my bow, and still learning the ropes, and I'm sitting there one day, and a, <clears throat> a, a decent buck had come out, and it bedded down, and, it, and uh, now in retrospect, it bedded down about 20 yards from me, but at the time, I just had no perception. Biggest thing I, I, the best investment I made as a bow hunter was having a rangefinder. You can't be mm -hmm. having a rangefinder in your pack. So if you're a new bow hunter, that is one of the very first things that I would invest in because I missed quite a few deer from misranging uh, how far I thought deer were away. Um, 
Completely agree. And I'm sure you agree. We've all had those moments. Yeah. And, uh, but in this case, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a 30 yard shot. It was bedded down. It was a perfectly broadside shot. And I shot and I managed to stick it, the arrow in a log that was right over top of his back, but passed back behind him. And I, uh, I shot, shot a log and he ran off and I thought, well, that's a bummer. My, my arrow was sticking out. So I went down, I couldn't get the broadhead out. So I had to unscrew the, the tip and I went back. The next morning I went out and I hunted the same tree stand and I had a doe that just so happened to stand in the exact, it was a little bit closer, but in the same spot. And I thought, oh, that must be, I don't know, 10 yards or 15 yards. Well, I shot under the deer. It was standing up. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, I shot the same stump. The exact same log I hit again. The deer ran off. And at this point, I'm actually laughing up in the tree because I thought <laughs> I've managed to miss two deer because I just didn't know the correct yardage. I was, I was nice and calm when I shot, but I couldn't get that broadhead out either. And I could take you right to where this down log is to this day. And there are two of my broadheads stuck in that same log. And I thought, I don't, there's not many people I know that have, sh have killed a, the same log twice in the same weekend <laughs> and had to leave behind two broadheads both times. So just a, a fun story, but and the moral of the story is having a rangefinder is is one of the key elements when you're out bow hunting. Man, I that's that's a good story and good advice. I'm the same way. I, those first <laughs> few hunts, I just, I tell you what, I, I know there's a lot of uh, I've kind of delved into the trad world a little bit, and trad guys, a lot of trad guys like to go without a, a rangefinder, and it's you know they try and practice knowing the yardage. And man, kudos for guys that are able to do that. I have never. I've used a rangefinder and tried to not use it so many times and I'm just not great at judging distance, especially in the tree. I think that's part of it and something we could all try and get better at, but just having that tool in your pocket. And if you're able to pull up and click mm -hmm. real quick, it takes the guessing work out of, out of the equation. So it does. And man, I, I hundred percent agree. And a lot of times I'm sitting there and it's a way to pass the time. It's yep. play a guessing game. Okay. I think that that stump is 17 yards away. Oh, it's 16. Okay. That's good. And I'll sit there and do that. And that's usually how I start a lot of my hunts or if, it, if it's before daylight, it gets daylight, start going around and I'll get those spots on each of my shooting lanes. So hopefully when the deer is there, I already have the yardage figured out. I don't have to do it right then and there. So hmm. it's a, uh, you're exactly right. Good to be prepared. Good advice. Well, Justin, I am ex extremely excited to be on a team with you this year. Uh, big shout out to the Turdy Pointers. And I said earlier, I might have said that that was a goofy name or dumb. It's a good name, all right? We're all in our 30s for the most part. I think like one guy might have messed it up. But it, we're, we're happy to have him on our team too. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's going to be a fun year, and I am excited for that. And I'm really uh, – you get me fired up for, for deer season. So thanks for coming on and sharing your stories with us today, man. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. And – Man, it's it's going to be a fun year. Absolutely. Well, you have a good one, and uh, we'll we'll keep. I mean, I'm going to keep talking about hunting throughout this podcast. So I'll let guys know if you drop a video um, of you putting down a, a another doe uh, with horns or a buck or whatever it is. I'm going to let guys know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Man, that was a great interview, great guest. Really appreciate Justin come on. And I gotta say, I love the guy's voice. I mean, that is a that was a good good voice for a radio podcast show. So, Justin, thanks for coming on, guys. I really resonated with what Justin had to say about using the word just. 
that is just a four corn. That is just a six point. That is just a call deer. That's just a doe. And I, I think the problem with that is that whenever we say that, what are we saying? We're saying that that deer isn't as important or as valuable as, say, a big buck, a, you know, a big eight, a 150-inch deer, a five-year-old mature deer. We're saying, oh, it's just this. And the thing is, is, if you pull the trigger, then that animal obviously isn't just that. It, it, it means something. It's going to provide meat for your family. So I, I completely agree with him, and I think it really matters, especially to younger hunters as they're coming in. If they hear that this animal matters, this animal gets you fame and recognition, and this animal is just, it doesn't matter as much. It's an afterthought. I, I think that sends the wrong message. So I completely agree with him on that level. And then to take it to another level... You know, we use that phrase in other things. Have you ever said, I'm just a country boy, or I'm just a average Joe, I'm just a, uh, you maybe insert your job, I'm just a machinist, I'm just a gas station worker, I'm just a clerk, I'm just a whatever. Um, I've heard people in church actually say, I'm just a sinner. That's just who I am, I'm just a sinner. And, and I get why we say those things. I say I'm just an average Joe, but I'm not just an average Joe. I am an average Joe. But I'm not just that. That word indicates that that's all that I am. That's all that I'll ever be, and I'm not anything more than that. And the Bible speaks a little bit differently of this. The Bible says that, yes, we were sinners. Yes, we were lost. But if you have came to Jesus, you believe in Jesus, Galatians 3.26 says, So in Christ Jesus you are children of God. You realize that? That you're a child of the guy that made the stinking universe? You are not just some piddly little sinner that's just kind of moping along, kicking rocks with your hands in your pockets. You are a child of God. The Bible is also going to say that we are more than conquerors. And as children of God, we have roles, we have responsibilities, and we each have different talents. We don't all have the ability to speak. We all, some of us have the ability to, to serve in some different ways. Some of us have the ability to, do, to, to help and see people in need. Some of us are able to do things that others cannot do. And so that makes you not just anything. So we need to be careful how we use that word just. I don't know how you see yourself. I see a lot of this playing out on social media today with people and the way that they post things. And sometimes I think people are a little too overconfident because deep down they do feel like they're just a nobody. Um, but I want to tell you that you are a somebody. Even if you have not believed in Jesus, I want to tell you that God still loves you. You mean something to him. I hope that you'll consider thinking about who he is. Maybe go back and listen to those episodes I did called The Greatest Hunt, if you have any of those kind of questions. But you are not just something. You are something important. And so I hope that that's encouragement to you today. Guys, I uh, really appreciate you coming back for another episode. Once again, if you haven't left a review and rating, you want to do that. I do appreciate that. It gets more people in the mix, more people listening, and um, I just would love for more people to be able to enjoy this and, and have fun. Guys, thank you for listening. Hope that you come back next week. And until then, remember to shed the light.